and just always make sure that you wet the ends before sticking it anywhere that it i have the same problem with my cat uh well (laughs) (laughs) that's just something i like to say when it's totally inappropriate to do so hi ashley good evening good evening jay how do you do uh doing all right i guess yeah on the last show you had spent about three days being out at work right yeah and everything seemed to be going smoothly is that still the case uh sort of but not really Uh uh-oh the the short version is that 99 percent of the people i deal with at work totally fine totally supportive i've been uh, very open-minded tolerant people okay and i had mentioned about how i guess sort of leading up to my transition date that there was um sort of some of the discussions about the freyus restroom mm-hmm. um, what, what com- we had called the tricky part. right yeah various accommodations right so on my first day my at work well my, my transition day i had that option i guess of going down to the workout room sort of nine floors down or whatever it was and i was like you know what screw it i'll, I'll just use the laser and right. so it, let me let yeah. me stop you there because i had asked you if you talked to some of your female co-workers about whether they'd be comfortable right. with that and i think that you said that you yes. did but obviously you didn't probably have time to ask every single one of them i had talked with the women on my team and they were yeah fine yeah and also during a discussion with your boss and the HR guy, the HR kind of non-verbally, well, <laughs> that's saying something different. The HR guy kind of said, Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, say no more. This is our official policy, and what you choose to do is entirely up to you. Well, no, he didn't say it's entirely up to you. He said, and if you choose to follow your own path, that would be out of our hands or something. I see, okay. Almost a sort of a nod to some uh sympathetic gesture or whatever you want to so that probably had something to do with your decision to say hey screw it i'll just use the ladies room on this floor well that and talking with all the women on my team and also just yeah in in real life or outside of work for the last six months or whatever i've been using a ladies room and not had any Mm -hmm. like at the mall yeah, sure. At the mall, at the Barnes & Noble, at the Whole Foods. Yeah. And also, maybe more important than everything else, using the men's room would actually make you feel uncomfortable. Well, it would It would not just make me feel uncomfortable. It would make other people feel uncomfortable. And as, as much as society has expressed tolerance and acceptance of my situation, you just never know. And... Mm-hmm. The last thing I would want is for there to be some uh, frat boy bigot or something. Not that all frat boys are bigots. I'm not saying that. In, in in the men's room, and if I were to be there and you know get receive yep. harassment, physical or otherwise, that that would be that would be bad. Mm-hmm. In in addition to feeling that it was appropriate for me to use the ladies' room, it it also in the simplest sense was a process of elimination thing that it was not an option for me to use the men's room so i would use the ladies room the other the only other option for you being a workout room on a different floor right which 
other than like over lunch and after work is ba- goes basically unused. So, yeah. Okay. So does that mean that you've been using the ladies room at work this whole, what is it, eight, eight days now? On uh, the day after we recorded our last episode, my boss called me on my cell phone and saying that he was down in the office of the HR guy who's on the sixth floor saying, um, Ashley, could you come meet with us for a moment? I said, sure, I'll be right there. So, I mean, given that I I wouldn't be called down and and summoned in this type of situation unless it was something that was suboptimal, I kind of Mm -hmm. figured, well, I had a hunch about what it might be about. Yeah. And so it turns out that... um, one of the female employees ratted on me, basically. I'm going to guess it was one of the ones that you hadn't already talked to and asked if it right. was okay. Right. I didn't want to think that you had asked somebody and they said it would be okay and it turns no. out they were lying to you. No, in fact, I know exactly who it is because, uh, at least on the floor where I work, it's mostly a development team and then there's part of another floor, but there are a lot of men in this mm. work environment. So the men's room gets its share of traffic, but the women's room is usually empty most of the time. Oh, okay. I would not, I mean, occasionally I might play someone in the next stall, but it'd often be just, I'd be the only person in there. And so oh. there was one occasion where I was washing my hands and I saw someone walk in behind me and then she went to one of the stalls. But that okay. was the only time I ever came across someone in which they would have seen okay. my face. And um, there weren't any other occasions where somebody might have seen you entering or exiting? No. I mean, there may have been something where I was exiting while someone was in a stall, but they wouldn't know who I was or, you know, vice right. versa. Okay. Um, so I met with my, my boss, an HR guy, and they basically gave me a, a letter of demerit or, you know, just like, like if you're late for band camp or, you know, whatever the fuck. Yeah, you're less likely to win the House Cup now for yeah. your Gryffindor classmates. Right. It says the word demerit. It doesn't say like official warning. Well, it says or... like verbal coaching and counseling documentation. I mean, to cut to the chase, it says at the bottom here uh, where I'm supposed to sign and whatever. uh I understand that I'm employed at will and that either company name or I may terminate my employment relationship at any time. I understand that failure to correct the above incidents can lead to further disciplinary action, including termination. But that's, um, that's putting the the cart before the horse. So you're going to start using the workout room now or what? No, I'm not going to, no, what I'm doing is, um, so we're in an office tower with 15 floors, and the company that I work for is on two of them. And other companies are, other tenants are on other floors. Mm-hmm. So I've just been playing kind of elevator roulette and okay. pick a floor and use that bath, the, the rooms are on that floor. All right, sure. And Which is just as if it would be you were at the mall. Yeah. It so happens that uh, different floors have been renovated, some haven't, so some of the bathrooms are kind of, uh, I would guess, maybe decades old with that 
tiny small white tile and you know gross blue stalls whereas the one on 15 my my floor sort of has uh nice taupe stalls with sort of larger prettier tile and uh -huh. it's it's a nicer environment and so i part of what i was doing was just trying to find a floor that may have also been similarly renovated mm. but it so happened that when i was in this I don't know, disciplinary meeting or whatever you want to call it. Uh, I, 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 again, reiterated my concerns about uh, harassment from other uh, employees toward me mm -hmm. and, and concern for my own safety. And one of the suggestions made by the HR guy was, well, maybe you could just use another floor or something. Oh, he actually said yeah. that? Okay. But in a nonchalant I'm being helpful kind of way mm -hmm. rather than the reality of, oh, you know what? You can't use those drinking fountains, but just use a drinking fountain on, on another floor. That'll be fine, right? Sure. It's the undertones behind it that they think they're being accommodating. They probably think that they're meeting me in the middle, as it were. But mm -hmm. it really makes me a second-class citizen at the company and... What it amounts to is, I mean, suppose there's a uh, a meeting coming up and maybe I realize the meeting is going to be like a 45-minute thing, so I'm going to use the, uh, the facilities beforehand. And so normally you could just dash off, use the ladies' room, come back. But in my case, of course, I have to go to the bank of elevators, press the, the down button, wait for the elevator to come, get in the elevator, go down however many floors, Use the ladies' room, then wait to for the bank of elevators on that floor. Press the up button, wait for the elevator, get in the elevator, and go up. And so it's it's a seven or eight minute round trip for something that should have been probably half that time. Each time through the cycle, it's like a slap in the face. I, it's it's not endearing me to the company. It's it's a it's a reminder multiple times every day that the company does not respect who I am. Hmm. So the woman who ratted you out, do you talk to her on a regular basis? Has your relationship with her changed at all? I talk to her very rarely. Um, she's in another department, and we've met a few times at like the company Potluck and so on. So I know who she is, and she knows who I am. And what irks me especially is that the way the, the letter is phrased, it's Ashley is upsetting other company name employees and and blah blah blah. Hmm. But in point of fact, I'm not upsetting or I'm not what what I was washing my hands and she walked past me. I didn't even have a chance to say hello to her. Setting aside for the moment the idea that she didn't help write that letter, which she probably did not. No, no, um, I, I'm I'm I don't you know, given people's varying degrees of acceptance, maybe she's not particularly accepting and still thinks of you as a man and would be upset to see a man in her restroom. That may be the case, but suppose it, I was Don Draper and you were uh, whoever the other guy is. And um, I felt uncomfortable because there were quote-unquote black employees in the restroom 
If that were to be the case, that would be my problem. Because it is the right thing to do to accept employees, especially those based on attributes that are out of their hands. Yeah. That they were born with. I wonder if there was any kind of content in the mini speech that they were giving to people when they were coming out on your behalf from team to team about mm. preparing people to be particularly uh, objective and open-minded about it. But you didn't get to hear those mini speeches, so... Well, not terribly. I mean, I, I was present for the one given to my team. And, of course, they actually added these various items to the company's non-discrimination policy as far as sexual orientation, gender identity, gender expression. And at least at the meeting that I was present for, they mentioned that there would be no tolerance for any kind of harassment for any of these attributes and so on. So, I, I don't know. What do you think would need to happen in order for this other woman to change her mind about you? I think that probably what would need to happen would be that for there to be a, for the her manager or or whomever to make clear that I should be treated just like any of the other female employees with uh, respect and dignity, and that should be the end of it. Yeah, I mean they may have glossed over that part or. Maybe. Or what happened? Yeah. If I recall correctly, the main reason that they didn't want you officially using the ladies' room was because you didn't have a sex change, and maybe partially because you hadn't officially changed your name yet. But even if you had done both of those things, the sex change thing would be n no business of anybody else's to even know about. So, sexual reassignment surgery, which I tend to prefer as a, a less flippant term, but. Oh, um, sorry. I is, was just trying to, to be concise. Oh, I understand. Um, is Or you could say SRS, but indeed okay. that would be none of their business. And either way, of course, due to various standards of care, one typically has to present as one's gender for at least a year before undergoing SRS. Oh, how interesting. I didn't remember that part. Okay. Right. Which is... Uh, in some ways discriminatory in and of itself, which we can talk about in a bit if you want to. But So that, that, that means that at minimum, because I'm living full-time as this gender now, at minimum it would be one year from now. Okay, so they, they start from a work transition date? Well, it, it's what they call full-time. Uh -huh. So it's it's not that you're doing it, uh, presenting as a gender part of the time, it's all the time. I see. If, for example, you had started your transition at work but then took a while to tell your friends that would be the same situation you wouldn't you wouldn't be right. full-time under those circumstances okay right so switching topics the last yeah. time we talked you still weren't sure how you were going to ask your parents to call you Ashley right right so but since was, then uh, you've you've seen them yes and and so just to kind of give a brief recap I was struggling because I wanted to ask them to call me Ashley and normally with uh, other conversations with other people, I would, I, I would be more, more broad about it, more flexible. I might mm. say something like, when you're comfortable, I'd like you to call me Ashley. Right. I was wary of using that phrasing with my parents because I, it seemed likely they would just use that as an out and say, mm -hmm. oh, well, we don't feel comfortable, so we'll just call you by your birth name. Mm -hmm. 
And so at the same time, I didn't want to necessarily be as direct about it to say, please call me Ashley, just since I, I, I don't want it to seem like I'm making demands or I, I want it to be something that they would feel more comfortable accepting. I didn't want it to be confrontational. Mm. What I, the wording I ended up going with was, I would like it if you would consider calling me Ashley. Oh. So that that meant sort of two things that they could theoretically say, sure, we'll do that, even though I thought that was basically not a chance that would happen. Mm -hmm. And I, on the other hand, it could be perhaps the more likely scenario would be they, they would say something like, okay, we'll give that some thought. And we'll consider we'll it. Right, we'll consider it, yeah. And then what that means is that um, it it gives me the the opening that I could potentially bring up, I don't know, a few months down the road and say, have you given some consideration mm. to that? Or, uh, as opposed to simply saying, please call me Ashley, which then that kind of, if they decline, that that's the end of it. I see. Right. So I, I asked my parents that. They were both both here and um, just in my at my dining room table. We're all kind of sitting around after dinner one evening. And I asked them, uh, I would like it if you'd consider calling me Ashley. And my my dad, he says immediately, no. And a moment later, he adds, we'll call you by the, by the name we gave you. Hmm. So maybe kind of an ego thing going on there. I don't know if it's an ego thing or... I mean, what, what, what irked me is that at the least, they could have humored me. They could have said, oh, well, think about it. I mean, even if supposing they had no plans whatsoever to, to go along with it, if they were kind of more accommodating, they could have at least pretended to think about it. Yeah. Or, you know. Now, the fact that he responded immediately makes me think that he was sort of waiting for it. He may have been, because I had been talking in the weeks prior about my transition of work and how people would be calling me Ashley at work. And so even though I had not expressly asked them to call me Ashley up until that point, it, it shouldn't have been a big surprise. Yeah. And I think with my dad, maybe he still thinks that this is a phase or something and that he wants to, I don't know, discourage whatever. Maybe, but they've been living with this knowledge for a year now. They've been living with the knowledge that I'm trans for a year, but they it's only probably been the last few months in which I've brought that other people would be calling me Ashley. Oh, sure. Well, and, and, and normally people would kind of just catch on or sort of uh, get the idea of those kinds of things. But with yeah. my parents, they probably think that I'm one of the first trans people that they know, even though they've probably met other trans people and just had no, weren't mm -hmm. aware at the time. I would think for most people, the name change would be the most benign part or the least, the easiest to cope with because people change their name all the time for any reason. It's like getting a tattoo for some people. If I changed my name from one male name to another, that would probably be one thing, but... Do you think well, so? Well, even that would probably be tough, but just, yeah. I think changing my name is, is maybe more straightforward for other people, but for a parent, it's probably hard. I think it harkens back to the idea that they feel responsible for you, even though you've been an adult and self-sufficient for a long time. Possibly, or just the idea that I'm rejecting their upbringing yeah. or their DNA. what have you. 
well, I, I, I certainly reject one of those chromosomes. That, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that so, must have been devastating. It was. It was it was really heartbreaking because, well, I'll, I'll back up a moment. So my, my parents arrived the Friday afternoon, and I had taken the day off just so I can do some, some last-minute cleaning up around the place and so on. I thought long and hard about sort of the outfit I'd be wearing, what kind of makeup I'd be wearing. Um, and I intentionally, I mean, I still had my eyeshadow and eyeliner, but it was sort of a, a, a lighter kind of uh, makeup approach. It, it had all the pieces to it, but it wasn't mm. bold or anything like that. I just, because I, I didn't want it to be the confrontational thing. For, okay. And so they they pull in and the doorbell rings, I open it, and my parents walk in, and my mom says, Oh, birthday, you look a little bit different. And I was thinking, okay, I mean, that was actually much more benign than I was. Yeah. She could have gone with, huh? Or, or what are you doing? Or, mm. you, you'd go change right now. Or, oh. <laughs> well, it sounds like they, they know better than to think they can actually control your actions at this point. I don't know. Um, and then we, we later went out to dinner that evening and I wore, uh, attire appropriate for the restaurant that we were attending, sort of somewhat more dressed up than what I was wearing just during the day, which was like a t-shirt and jeans. Well, don't be coy. What did you wear to the restaurant? A button-down shirt that was, I guess, sort of indigo-colored, maybe uh, between royal blue and mm -hmm. navy kind of color. Uh, and I also wore some uh, black flared pants, I believe. Okay. And some black leather flats. Okay. So it's not like you were busting out uh, the little black dress or even a skirt. No. And, and that, that as well was intentional, but it was nonetheless clothes that, that a man would not wear. Sure. But as we were getting ready for dinner and I changed into my attire for the, the dinner and so on, and we had a glass of wine before dinner and chatted a little bit, but they never had any snide remarks or anything. Uh, I mean, I was kind of ex almost expecting in in the in the weeks upcoming to the trip that they would say something like oh you should change that shirt or you do you really want to wear that or mm -hmm. i mean i i wasn't even able to rule out if they would feel too embarrassed to go to the restaurant with me right and so i kind of had a plan b in the back of my mind that if on the off chance they didn't want to go to the restaurant and be seen with me i would just make dinner at home i had i had that plan b because I'd rather than go change and then go out because that mm -hmm. that would kind of cancel all the progress that it made. Okay. So to get back to the conversation about the name, so this was uh, after that dinner that I had this talk with them. And I was, I don't know if I'd say optimistic, but certainly feeling a little better about things that... I wasn't expecting them to just be on board and everything else, but mm. maybe they would give me the old, oh, we'll think about it or what have you. And so it, it was not only just heartbreaking on his face, but in the light of some of how they had seemingly been accepting before. Mm -hmm. And of course, I'm under no illusion that they were necessarily 
stoked about the clothes I was wearing, but at least they didn't voice their objections. They Right. And as far yeah. as you know, there were no dirty looks. Yeah. Yeah. I Maybe this is just having come from my own family, but I still think that there's a... Uh, maybe ego is not the right word, but... Pride? Sure. Yeah, I think they spent a whole, whole long time thinking about what your name would be and would feel disappointed if it, if it were changed. Given that reaction... So wait, there's, there's one more thing about that. And okay. they guess, so since that conversation with them, they have rather conspicuously been using my first name much more often. Oh, really? My, my, my birth name, I should right. say. Um, mm. Like... So and so, could you pass the salt or, you know, whatever. <laughs> Instead of just, it, yeah. Right. I don't know if they're trying to reassert their, I mean. Maybe a, a little low-level brainwashing. Maybe. Or just trying to convey the idea that they really don't like this idea of yeah. me choosing a new name, even though chips kind of sailed. Did you talk to them about how you plan to make it official? Changing your driver's license and whatnot. I think that did come up. I mean, I think my dad did ask something like, so do you plan on changing your name? And I said, uh, yeah, I think I'll do that at some point, maybe next year sometime. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that helped or hurt things as far as mm -hmm. their point of view, but yeah. Well, I'm going to keep hoping they come around. Um, yeah. Yeah. In the meantime, given that they did not react favorably to that and... You're going to see them on Thanksgiving. Is that influenced yeah. your very far thinking ahead plans? It has actually, because before this recent visit from my parents, I was kind of figuring, I was kind of assuming the worst or, or at least something that was not going to be great in, in the sense of that I would open the front door when they came to visit and they would immediately have frowns on their faces and mm -hmm. everything else. And so when I was uh, coming to visit for Thanksgiving, I wasn't sure if maybe I would have to do that in drag. Oh. Right. So I, I wasn't quite sure about that. And But now what I'm thinking is I'm going to be dressed appropriately when I go to the airport and, and everything else. So that was, that's actually kind of make I'm kind of happy about that, actually. Good. Yeah. On the other hand, I'm dreading what the TSA does just since. Yeah. I mean, because honestly, it's, it's like a lose-lose thing. Because if I put one gender down on my ticket, then it doesn't match what my piece of plastic says. If I put another gender down, then it doesn't match how I look. Actually, I looked that up. Um, I can't quote it to you verbatim, but there is stuff on the TSA website about gender identity and, and how it has to match your official documents. So you can look that up. Hope that the ratio of supporters to detractors is keeping you going and keeping you in a positive yeah. attitude. Yeah, it is. And I, I've heard from a few more sort of aunts and uncles and everyone I've heard from has been very supportive. And huh. so as far as people who are going to be there at Thanksgiving, I think there's a good chance that uh, a good portion, perhaps even a majority of them will be completely supportive. So... Mm -hmm. I'm imagining a situation where people are gathered together and one of them, uh, your parent might say, hey, can you go get birth name to come out here? And they'll be like, who? Or or they might say, oh, don't you mean Ashley? Right. 
And so, depending on how sarcastic and um, right, yeah, <laughs> no, that would be fantastic because I I would not be the one, one to necessarily be the one to correct my parents just yet, if only because I I don't want to alienate them. But if someone else were to, then that's awesome. Mm, yeah, okay, that's cool. Okay, so you you had mentioned maybe one or two shows ago about how you were editing and how you're sort of yelling at yourself, "No, you don't get it yet. You don't get oh, it yeah. yet." Right. So. What I was was curious about was which which aspect of it was it that you were not getting, and then what was the tipping point that allowed you to get it? Okay, so what I wasn't getting was the idea that in order to be out at work, you had mm. to actually have the company tell the rest of the company that you were a woman. I thought being right. out at work meant everybody knew. And then I just show up one day dressed like this? Pretty much. At the time, I thought that being out at work meant the people you would deal with on a daily basis would start calling you Ashley and treat you as mm. a woman, etc. And right. that everything else was, as you might say, sort of ancillary. Mm. I didn't realize that documents would have to change and that there would have to be uh, a policy and right. team by team meeting. And I certainly probably wasn't even thinking about the bathroom situation, but I might have just assumed right. that you would start using the ladies' room because everybody knew that you were Ashley now. Yeah. In a reasonable society, yes. What frustrated me about my past self was that I was asking stupid questions like, um, because you, you kept saying, well, I'm not yet out of work. And I'm like, well, you almost are. You've told 9 out of 12 people. That's out, right? So, I mean, because that's all it took when you came out to me as a friend. Right. Was saying right. out loud. Yeah, so, sure. I see. I guess since I never had to go through anything like that at work, I didn't really have any idea what was involved. Oh, I see. What turned you around? What was your tipping point that, that got you to where you are now? I, I'm sure it took at least two conversations, but it was probably the point at which you said that I talked to my boss and he said, well, we'll have a meeting with the HR guy soon. Mm. Oh, okay. Like, right. Oh, this is actually kind of a process. <laughs> yes. And then I started feeling frustrated on your behalf about how long it was taking because I imagined it would be oh, three days at most. I mean, how long does it take to change email addresses? It takes about No, that's changing email seconds. addresses is the easy part. Yeah. And then when you started talking about the spiral bound HRC documents and printing them up at FedEx office and whatnot. Like, right. Jeez, oh man, 68 pages. So some of that is sort of background on what mm -hmm. transgender means. And it's sort of a one-stop shop kind of thing for someone who might not really know anything about it. Mm -hmm. Well, that's fascinating, Jay. I was glad I could ask you a question now. <laughs> sure, I'm open for it. Yeah. Um, I have a couple questions. I think the answers might be short because I think they both might be no. Okay. Have you given any consideration to picking up some girly glasses? Yay, kind of, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, so I had I had appointment at, at the eye doctor um, about, a, uh, about a month ago mm. just to kind of get my prescription updated and everything else. And I wear uh, contacts most of the time. Right. So I also wear some new contacts at the time. Mm. And Dr. Spock is really cool because you say, can I get a copy of my prescription? He says, okay, sure, here you go. You're going to order glass online? Good for you. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, whatever. He's he's totally open to that. You don't have to kind of dance around the bush or whatever. Oh, good. So I have my uh, eyeglass prescription 
and I found uh, a site online that has some frames, some from Lisa Loeb, as it turns out, who, who you had suggested. Yeah. Well, I knew she yeah. had a, a line of eyewear. Right. I didn't actually know that until I started sort of mm. searching around. But yeah, so she has her line of eyewear. And the part I'm trying to figure out is, um, is there some way where I can order the a, a given set of frames and have whatever that same company is put the prescription in there? Or is it that I have to order the frames and then go to like a stupid brick and mortar eye doctor uh, and they take the their cut and whatever middleman nonsense? Yeah. And, yeah. If they don't explain that on the website, then I have to assume the worst. Probably, yeah. Yeah. So I found some that looked enticing, but it's just a matter of figuring out the logistics of, okay, how do I get glass in there that's going to allow me to see well? Okay. Yeah. And then this might actually sound like a really stupid question because mm. there's no logic to it whatsoever. But that's all right. After you came out to yourself, did you find that your liquor habits changed at all? Because there's the phenomenon that people refer to as the girly drink. Whereas in the past, you were sort of a wine and beer person. It's not that my drink has terribly changed, no. But in general, after I'd come out to myself, I, I guess, allowed myself to be more open-minded just in, in, in general about things. Yeah. Like, say, I saw a pink shirt at the Gap or something. I like pink a lot. And maybe before, I'd be worried about, is that manly or whatever. Mm -hmm. and now it's just like... You know, fuck it. I I like that shirt. I'm gonna buy it. And okay. Who cares what people think about that? So, I think in terms of certainly clothing, I've I, I don't feel like I'm kind of pushing that to the side anymore. And as far as drinks and so on, um, yeah, I'm kind of open to whatever other drinks. And it it so happens that sometimes the quote unquote girly drinks are. Mm -hmm. Not the cheapest ones because they've got like five different liquors and an umbrella and right. whatever else in there. So, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm open-minded to that kind of thing. Yeah. But you sure. didn't find yourself having any urges to like, ah, I'm, you know, wearing a skirt. I'm going to get a whiskey sour. Like a Mai Tai and a, a Sea Breeze or whatever they're called. Cranberry, whatever. Anything with cranberry is a girly drink. Oh, yeah. Like a cranberry. Yeah, I mean, like, I'll drink it. I apparently really dig girly drinks, but I don't care who, yeah. what people think of me, so. <laughs> well, yeah. I've got that going for me, which is nice. Yeah, well, plus, if if someone, just in general, if someone cares about what drinks you're drinking, they're yeah. not the type of people want to be hanging out with. And I was hesitant to ask the question, even if just because I know that you tend to avoid sugar and it tends to be a, a large ingredient in the quote-unquote yeah. girly drink, anyway. Yeah. Speaking of girly things, <laughs> yeah. as we almost always are, would you like to teach me something girly? Sure. Um, so as it turns out, on the last episode, you'd asked me about how many nail polishes I had. Oh, yeah. Right. I You estimated about 60, I think? Right. Right. So this evening, I thought, well, Jade asked me, I... I'm kind of curious anyway to know this official number. So I put them all on my dining room table in groups of 10 and I counted them. Okay. And to make it a fair fight, I excluded any top coats, I excluded base coats, 
I excluded crackles, I excluded mini bottles. So these are just full-size, regular bottles of polish. Okay. And including the one I just bought a few days ago, I have 105. Wow. Where do you put them all? Holy crap. In lots of little, like, Rubbermaid-type containers or just, like, under my sink in the bathroom. What's the most prevalent color? It's probably shades of purple. Okay. I like purple okay. a lot. Interesting. Because there are lots of different ways to do purple because you can do sort of an orchid, a light color. You can do sort of like a royal purple. And you can have purple with glitter, purple with shimmer, matte purple. purple. crackle. Yeah, sure. Okay. So, uh, girly bits then. Yeah. Yeah, so I got two jobbies. One of which is nail polish. Oh, speak of the yeah. devil. So this is number 105 or whatever. Ah, okay. This is actually the very nail polish that I wore during my parents' visit. And I kind of thought, I mean, I thought quite a bit about my parents' visit in general, but I thought a lot about what polish I'd be wearing on my on my nails. I, I, I wanted... S- Something that was, I don't want to say uh, conservative, maybe something that wasn't plain Jane, but I didn't want necessarily something with all the glitter and whatever, just because I trying to. Am I right in thinking that the last time you were in personal contact with your parents, you were simply wearing like a top coat to make them a little bit shiny? Right, right. So this would be the first time they've seen my nails painted. Yeah. It's also the first time they've seen you wearing a bra. That's correct. Okay. Yeah. Though, though the last time I saw them in person, I did not have uh, development to the extent of needing a bra. So that was not something I was admitting. It just wasn't present yet. So this color is actually from Orly, um, and it's called Night Owl, and it's from their Birds of a Feather collection. Okay, good. And I was hoping with a name like that, they would uh, start a bird motif. Yeah. So they have all kinds of stupid bird puns. I mean, Night Owl is one of the less bad ones. But <laughs> at any rate, so here's sort of the bottle, and here's sort of my what my, I don't know if you can sort of see my nails. But um, so it's sort of um, it's sort of a taupe color, but with a slight uh, maybe shimmer okay. uh, or slash mini glitter to it. Yeah, yeah. It looks sparkly. Yeah, it. I mean, taupe is a fairly conservative kind of color, but then it's a kind of like a little wink with the, you know, the shimmer. That's just not, it's not just plain Jane polish. Okay. So I'm actually really pleased with this, and I've gotten compliments on it, and I can totally recommend it. Nice. Yeah. And so that was Night Owl, which is N-I-T-E, and then owl, like the bird. Mm-hmm. And the other item I have which was actually something that you brought up, although I'm not sure if it was facetiously or otherwise last time. Huh. Yay, cotton swabs! Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do-de-do, so, if you're putting on um, eyeliner on your lower lid or uh, upper lid, and if some of it um, ends up dissolving and getting a bit into your eye, which is not a poisonous thing and mm-hmm. can just happen occasionally... It may collect near your tear duct, and that may, if you're looking very closely, it may be a little bit uh, okay. unsightly. But what you can do is you can take a con swab, and the important part is to run it under the faucet first to get it wet on each end. Okay. 
because what that'll do is it'll decrease the flyways of all these little fibers of cotton because yeah. you don't want those getting stranded in your eye because then you'll no. be even worse off. Yeah. But once it's uh, wet, though, you can just, you know, beep, beep, and then you can even flip it around if you need be and so on. Okay. And so typically, I mean, I'll run it under the water, use it, but um, I always try to use one side for one eye and one side for the other eye just so that there's no cross whatever from one eye to the other just in case. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love those uh, drawings on the back of the Q-tip box. And I imagine they were trying to describe the thing that you just described um, because the pictures, they may not be in your box, were just so vague. And there were drawings. And it was like, Q-tip on your cheek. Q-tip on a baby. <laughs> you, you had, Very pointedly avoiding Q-tip in your ear, which is when I use them every single day. Deal yes. with it. Craft or whoever owns you, Johnson right. Johnson. Well, no, because these are Johnsons and these are not Q-tips, uh -huh. okay. so Q-tip might be Unilever or mm -hmm. whatever. But anyway, so you'd you'd mentioned about hey, these are Q-tip brand, and indeed these are not; these are Johnsons. And I found that these are actually better than Q-tips. Oh, because and this is maybe just me overthinking things or what have you, but they have a denser set of cotton on each end. Yeah, it's not as loose because even once you wet each end if you're using say q-tip brand you can still get strands of cotton that occasionally come off in in your eye and that's no good but these it's fairly dense there's not a lot of strands kind of floating about right and so these work very well so these are johnson's pure cotton cotton swabs awesome and oddly enough these are actually kind of hard to find at least around where i live that oh I mean, normally you think you go to Target or whatever. Right. But it seems that most stores seem to have two brands of cotton swabs. They'll have Q-tips and then they'll have the store brand. Okay. And usually the store brand is just as rubbish as Q-tips. Mm -hmm. But uh, these I found, of all places, at Walmart. Okay. And normally I don't like to shop at Walmart, but yeah, yeah. in this case I make an exception. All right, fair enough. So... Yeah, and this is, of course, I mean, this is a 525 count, and it's like $1.99 or something, so it lasts friggin' forever. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so very handy, and I definitely recommend seeking out Johnson's brand over other brands of cotton swaps. Okay. Yeah, and just always make sure that you wet the ends before sticking it anywhere. Thanks for the, the girly advice and um, the yeah. girly story. Uh, I oh, hope it's things... my pleasure get easier at work and uh, either way I'll be around to talk to you more about it in the near future yeah that sounds awesome so good night I guess all right good night there Jay bye, bye.